Today on Sagittarian Matters, possibly the gayest thing we've ever done, a hummus tasting with my guest, Katie Davidson. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the from Los Angeles. I found myself verbalizing the most lesbian thing I had ever said in my whole life to someone last week, which was this. I said, I can't hang out with you tomorrow. I'm doing a hummus tasting with my ex-girlfriend for the podcast. Well, friends, here we are. I invited my current friend and hummus connoisseur, Katie Davidson, to our Silver Lake studio, and we really diked out with some chickpeas, tahini, and don't worry, I did make Katie try prunes. Before I get to our hummus tasting session, I have a few rapid-fire advice questions harvested from Instagram.com. Dear Nicole, I have terrible luck with women. Why? Dear caller, I don't actually know you or anything about your personality, and if I did, I would be able to pinpoint the exact reason why you're having such bad luck. But here are some things I want to say to you. Number one, get a good haircut. Whatever good means to you. Number two, don't take it personally if you ask somebody out and they say no. They're basically a stranger, and if they were meant to be your girlfriend, they would be your girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like, if they say no, that just means that it wasn't meant to be. You may have projected in your mind that it could have been, but apparently it's not true. So turn the page. Don't take it personally. Don't act like a butthole. Uh, Don't keep trying if someone's giving you signals that say no, no, no. Because one of my friends said once to me, anything that's not a yes is a no. So if people are responding to you in a lukewarm, tepid way, you know the feeling. You know the difference between pining in a way that's not healthy and when something just arrives and is easy and appears. And that's the thing you want to go for. Things that are easy. People that will meet you exactly where you're at. Go towards those things. A problem you may have, maybe you have a broken picker. I know that... You know, sometimes when a person is raised in a family of origin that's not so healthy, their emotional training is fraught. And so they are attracted to people that are maybe not the best for them. And those people trigger weird responses in them that don't have anything to do with the here and now. So look deep within. Are you picking the wrong people? Are you picking people that your reptile brain is going towards, but your logical brain says, danger, danger, get away. And if you see a red flag, bail out early. The last thing I want to say, don't get so enmeshed with somebody while you are high on oxytocin that it's going to be hard for you to disentangle once you actually get to know them and see all the sides. Because sometimes a person gets high on the love drug And then they're like, well, why not get pregnant tomorrow? I've known them for three days, and I think they're the best person I ever met. Give it a few more days, friends. Give it a few more weeks. Let them, you know, tear off the mask and see what's beneath. So then you, you know, you know if you're knocked up with the right right person's baby. I hope you enjoy where I took that. Okay. Dear Nicole, where do I find queer neurotypical folks in the Midwest? Dear person, I'm not totally sure, but I have an idea. I think you could submit a posting to Personals. Personals is a queer online 
community of personal ads. However, people do sometimes post on there for friends or queer resources. And since you are queer and you are living in the Midwest, this is a great way that is highly publicized to tap into the queer community. And I know there are lots of different queers with many different neurotypes and abilities on there. So if you posted for friends for a little bit more on personals, I think that you could find some people that you don't already know. Dear Nicole, how do you move a goal from the planning stages to actually doing it? Dear person, externalize it, make a goal, make a plan, paint yourself into a corner. Tell somebody, I'm going to finish this comic so I can put it in your anthology. Um, Decide for yourself, I'm going to go to this comics festival, so I'm buying a plane ticket, and I need to have my comic done by the time I get on that plane. Um, Plan an art show. Plan something around the goal that requires other people or requires some responsibility on your part, so you kick your own butt and do it. Dear Nicole, what do you do? Oh, how do you pace yourself finishing an art project? Dear person, make a progress thermometer. A progress thermometer is a piece of paper. Draw a thermometer on it. Write zero at the bottom. Write your goal at the top. When I'm making a graphic novel, my goal is 300 pages. Every time I pencil a page, I outline a little block on the thermometer and I write the date. Every time I ink a page, I fill in that little block of the thermometer and I put a date. That way, you get to see how much further you need to go, you get to see how long things are taking you, and you get to feel a sense of satisfaction when you finish a few blocks. I also have a productivity coach. This is not a fancy thing. Hear me out. Hear me out. All a productivity coach is, is somebody who loves to do the numbers. Somebody who is not emotionally fraught or stressed out by the project because it's not their project. So I say to my friend, Alec Longstreth, Alec, I have this project to do. My deadline is in nine months. He says, okay, what do you have to do in nine months? I tell him as many details as I can. Very explicit. He basically gets out a calculator and does the number of work days in that amount of time and then splits splits up the tasks by those work days. So after he's done crunching the numbers, he can say, all right, you need to have two pages a day done five days a week in order to hit your goal and have two days off a week. So then I know if I do four pages one day, that means I have an extra day off. If I slack off and I don't do any pages, I know I have to add one more as I go. Does that make sense? That really helps me. Um, if you know anyone that's good at crunching numbers, I feel like you might know some nerds if you're a fan of mine. Um, this is a very helpful service. Dear Nicole, what do you do when you are dissatisfied with your job that you have been at for years? Dear person, I want you to detach from your telephone. So leave your phone at home, delete all the apps, get off of social media, turn off your notifications. Just like seriously, if you could leave your phone at home and just go away for two days, go to the ocean, go to someone else's apartment, go to an Airbnb, go to the woods, go somewhere outside of your normal setting, get a notebook, write down, think for yourself first by walking around in the woods or wherever you are, even a different part of town, write down what is your ideal life? What does your ideal life look like? What is your ideal job situation? Um, Another thing I want you to write is could you live with less? What are expenses that you could get rid of? Things that you don't need or things that you're willing to trade or sacrifice in order to have a job that is more fulfilling. And then when you're thinking about the new job that you want, 
I want you to think, are there steps I can take towards getting that job? The steps could be more training. The steps could be some kind of networking, talking to people you know. The steps could be redoing your resume. What steps do you need to take to get that other job that would make you more happy? You know, you might have a high power corporate job and decide that you would be happier teaching art lessons to fifth graders. Great. Write about how to do that. And when you're doing that, write about how you can live with a little bit less so that you can do a job that's more fulfilling, but will make you less money. Anyway, then you come back to reality. You're still at your job that you hate, but you are doing the steps that you wrote down in order to get towards a different kind of life. That is my best advice for you. Thank you for listening. Please continue to send me questions and read my column, Queer Abby, which is at intomore.com, and enjoy my talk with Katie Davidson. Katie Davidson is the musician behind the bands Dear Nora and Key Losers. Their new album, Skull's Example, came out this year with the Rindall Records. Katie joined me in our Los Angeles studio to taste several types of hummus, sample our flagship snack of prunes, and to weigh in on Trader Joe's prepared foods. Now please enjoy my hummus tasting and the song Morning Glories with Katie Davidson. I remember the place where I was born Where the morning glories twine around my door at early morn I've forgotten how long I've been away But I'd like to wander back again down the lane to yesterday I want to wake up in the morning
episode of Sagittarian Matters is brought to you by Prunes Dipped in Tahini, Ponzini Linguini, and my new advice column, Queer Abbey. You can read Queer Abbey right now for free at intomore.com. Katie Davidson, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. Thank you so much for having me. Katie, you're a Libra. Is that true? Very true. And you like to have choices. However, we were recently talking and you told me that you are living in a place where there is one choice of hummus. <laughs> there are there are more more choices. There's there is wait. <laughs> Are you changing your story? Chris is going to edit this, right? Um, okay. At the health food store where I live, there is one hummus. You have one one choice of hummus. <laughs> you can go to the bigger, crappier grocery store chains, and you can choose other crappy hummuses, but the health food store in the small town, <laughs> there is one hummus to choose from. And you still buy... Actually, scrap that. It's There's one hummus brand, and there's a the regular... And then the <laughs> curry, curry, curry style. So, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, if you don't like the regular one, but then you like know that the, your only other choice is the, the same brand that but curry. <laughs> you got to edit this in for later in the show. This is like. You gotta get some context here. This is not top of the show fodder to you. Yeah. Um, we are sitting in my room in the Sagittarius Matter studio in Los Angeles, California, looking at a mirrored wall. Yeah. <laughs> then we have a full spread of hummuses. Because when I heard that about you only having one hummus available to you in the undisclosed location where you're living, um, I wanted to <laughs> offer you an abundance of hummus. And also I was curious that you still purchase hummus and look out for hummus at the grocery store. Why not? It's a great snack. It's protein. <laughs> they got protein. You know, if you get one without preservatives, it's like, you know, like healthy ingredients. You know, but Morgan and I, friend of the show, Morgan, I always talk about how I'm unsatisfied with the amount of protein actually in a hummus. Mm. Like hummus purports to be a protein rich food. And then you look and it's like three grams of protein if you eat the whole tub. And so I, as a vegan who's been um, abused with soggy hummus wraps Mm. as my meal Mm -hmm. for so long when I go visit colleges and have to go to professional trainings, I no longer purchase hummus in the store until today yeah um no i mean i i don't purchase it that often so it's sort of like a a treat if you will <laughs> if you can think of it that way um, i will what do you what do you dip in it do you do some dips celery definitely celery um so no so i'm kind of like a a dollop of hummus on the side of things kind of person so okay. like make it like a really good salad with lots of good ingredients, and then just do like a dollop of hummus with it. Oh. So I was talking to my friend Sarah Kessler, and I mentioned casually that we were doing a hummus tasting today. And she had so many opinions because she's been to the Middle East and had a lot of delicious smooth hummuses mm. with a pool of 
um, olive oil in the middle. And so she was going deep on authentic hummus. And then she was disparaging the name of like a funky hummus or a flavored hummus. And I was like, I got to tell you what we're tasting tomorrow is going to be some funky flavored hummus. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the States is just, there's something wrong with the way we approach hummus here. But if you go to a really good, like, Lebanese restaurant or something and they have amazing hummus, it's so effing good. Well, today we have a homemade hummus mm-hmm. that we kind of made together. Tell, I didn't make it. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> I was there. Tell, tell them what the ingredients are. Here's the ingredients in a homemade hummus. Garbanzo beans. Olive oil. Tahini. I put some basil in it for my basil plant. Mm-hmm. Two cloves of garlic. And I didn't have a lemon, so I used lime and salt. You ready to try that one? Yeah. What are we dipping? We're going to do, do a blue corn tortilla chip in Organic. the, in the horm, homemade hummus. <laughs> All right. Get that crunch. It is so garlicky. Yeah. You put in two cloves of garlic? Mm-hmm. I think you don't why believe is, me. <laughs> why it, does it taste like it has so much more garlic than that? Because you gave me a very powerful bulb. Mm. Potent bulb. So, Katie, you're somebody I know who will dress up a tub of hummus if it's not to your liking. Mm, yeah. Transforming it, in your words, from bummus mm-hmm. into yummus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd almost rather have a bland hummus purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, than a bad hummus purchase. Like, if it's bad and someone's just gone full on with their efforts in trying to make it taste good, usually it's bad. Um, talking store-bought, store-bought stuff. You um, want to name anybody out by brand? We'll get to some brands today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, most hummus is, are disgusting. Disgusting? <laughs> well, <laughs> my God. Well, not, like I said, not in some, like, amazing Lebanese market or something or, you know. But, but you know what? most hummuses are kind of gross. Huh. And, I've, and, and usually it's because people try way too hard. But, like, at what? Like, to make it funky, like curry? Yeah, adding flavors. Like, usually there's something, there's way more garbanzo beans and not enough tahini, not enough oil, or they put in tons of cumin or whatever... It is. Like, I'd rather just have someone give me, like, a pretty generic base, and then just, then I can go to town with my, like, my olive oil, my salt, lemon, mm-hmm. whatever I want to put on it myself. A lot of them are not funky enough for me. I like a lot of kick, so I like a lot of acid. I like a lot of garlic. I like a lot of salt. Yeah, I like the olive oil, too. If you have an advice question for Sagittarian Matters, call or text our advice hotline. Leave a message. We might answer your question on the air, and we promise not to answer the phone. That is a Sagittarian promise that you can take all the way to the bank. You want to go for this beat one next? Yeah, so... So I wish I had, um... I wish I had Hava chips for us, which is a little bit of a bland... Like, not bland, but it's kind of a neutral... Mm-hmm. Taste, but instead I've had these giant corn tortilla so chips. It, are we doing? Are we talking brands here? We Go for it. Margot and Linda's Vegan Kitchen. I tried their hell of a halva last week for the podcast. Apparently, I'm a big fan of their brand. Did you get this at the Lassen's? 
Lassen's, okay. It's a bean-free hummus. The flavor is fresh beet, freshly ground sesame tahini, coriander, cumin, and cayenne. It is paleo, don't worry. Vegan, paleo, gluten-free, nut-free, non-GMO. Not organic, though, maybe? I don't think it's organic. Pesticides are the secret ingredient. It seems organic to me. Yep. Well, some of it's organic. Yeah, lot, most of it's organic except the salt. So they couldn't with a clear conscience. Call it organic. Call it organic. Okay. You ready to go for this? So this is a funky hummus. Okay. I got us a funky one. So it, it is, the color is magenta. Mm-hmm. The color of a beet. Ponyo wants some. Ponyo can have a little bite. She's very <laughs> curious. I wish Ponyo could weigh in. Mmm. <laughs> Very beety. Mm-hmm. Quite beety. Very beet and Cuban forward. I like it. You like it? Yeah. What'd you call it, hummus? No. What would you call it? A dip. I would call this a dip. I would just call it just a dip. Just you want to try, try to interpret what Ponyo thinks? Yeah. Okay. Give me a little linguine. You want to try? Shoot. Put on your blindfold. She's wagging her tail. She's closing her one good eye. <laughs> okay. Here you go. She's licking her lips. She's taking a bite. Does it seem like she wants more? Or does it seem like she's trying to get it out of her mouth? She's, blink- she's blinking. She's sitting down. I don't know. I don't know what this means. Let's see if she wants more. Here, have a chip to cleanse your palate. <laughs> Holding the microphone right up to Ponyo. This is riveting content. It seems, <laughs> it seems like Ponyo didn't like it as much as she thought she would by the way she kept licking like she was trying to get it off her mm, tongue yeah so i think beets with cumin is not for her no well, those, those, hopefully it's not one of those things that's poisonous for dogs it was such a little small amount that i don't think she's gonna that pass away small. let's try one more beet beet friendly thing and if if ponyo passes out by the end of the podcast they'll make some more riveting content this is a beet with go- vegan goat cheese cassava root chip i got this from lassen's I had meant to crack it open for the podcast, but I got a little stone this week and opened it preemptively, so I have tasted it this week. I don't know what the point of it being a cassava chip is, except for that it sounds healthy and it costs a little more. It appears to be as le- as devoid of nutrition as any other chip. Yeah, it's just a different kind of root. Yeah. I've never had this root before. Me neither. I only know how to say it from listening to a Harry Belafonte song. Wait, but oh, you already put it in your mouth. Smell it. It smells funky like feet. It smells bad. bad. Straight up bad. It bad? It smells funky to me like a cheese. It's... I don't know. I just... It just doesn't smell good. You can describe what it smells like. Uh, I mean, yeah, something, some kind of like dirty clothing. I think that's the funky goat. Yeah, but no. but it's vegan goat cheese. So you've had real goat cheese before, so I'm curious to see yeah. how you weigh in because I'm going to guess that this is not what goat cheese tastes like. Well, one thing I'm going to say is just forget it with the vegan goat cheese. Don't even put any kind of cheese in the flavoring of the chip. Just leave it out. You know what would be good is a cassava, what's it called? Cassava root chip that you dip in a goat cheese, like a soft goat cheese. And then you're like mo- you're like regulating your your amounts and you you don't have to have vegan goat cheese if you want you can have regular goat cheese and like <laughs> but i'm vegan i know well you can have vegan goat cheese on the side but this combo i just never would have done that that 
The flavor of it is a funky, it just basically tastes like a nutritional yeasty kind of fermenty vegan funky flavor. I don't like it. You don't like it? Can you describe the taste? It tasted exactly like it smelled. Tapioca, maltodextrin, sea salt, nutritional yeast, natural organic flavors, lactic acid, garlic powder, onion root spices. This is just like one of those foods that you like try to eat as quickly as possible and if you just can't maybe even can't stop eating because it's almost like spicy food where you like you just kind of keep you think you need to keep eating more of it like just to cope and this is like this is like to me the flavor is so gross that you're just like if you have like just eat more of it so i don't know does that make any sense do you detect the beat yeah i don't know i i guess i'm tasting cassava no i don't detect the beat at all I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I've been eyeballing it at the grocery store for a while, and I thought this was a great occasion for us to try it, and I'm glad that you were here to, uh, to yeah. try it with me. Yeah, the beet hummus is way better. The beet, I dipped the beet chip in the beet hummus, just so you know. Uh, it made a muddy flavor yeah, in my mouth. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to taste what I think is going to be the loser of the podcast, but, you know, the, the beet chip for you might be the loser, but for me, I'm kind of guessing this is going to be the loser. Trader Joe's Smooth and Creamy Roasted Red Pepper Hummus. We have an orangey kind of hummus with a pool in the middle of it or like a mound of roasted red pepper in the middle of it. Roasted red pepper you might remember from the 1990s. So I'm going to dip right in the middle. I'm going to get these red peppers. I'm going to get it all on my chip. Preservatives. It says preservatives. Oh, man. It has sugar, dex- cultured dextrose, and guar. This one was made to look like a Sabra hummus, but it pales in comparison. This is a bummus. Well, Sabra has hella preservatives, too. You got to taste this. All right. You got to weigh in. To me, this is a bummus. To me, this is less good than the cassava chips. I'm just going to say, like, so I know I haven't even had a bite yet, but most Trader Joe's packaged foods are disgusting. Give some examples. Sushi. <laughs> there's like always like they sound good and then there's something just a little weird yeah like they are there's like a little too much sugar in it or there's a weird preserve there's like a weird angle that they've taken on it that was unnecessary yeah it, is, it seems like there's a simple route that can make things taste good and they just like yeah they veer from it circumvented that route they took a different road trader joe's took a different road um like their salad rolls salad rolls is one of my favorite foods I have gotten their salad rolls once, been disappointed, and then gotten them again in a moment of extreme hunger. And there's just something queer about them. Yeah. They're like, the skin is a little too hard. The ingredients inside aren't that good. And they did something weird to the peanut sauce that makes it like... It's very sugary. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know what I'm talking about. But the thing is, just it's they're not going to change because everyone just buys it. It just doesn't matter. Well, so tell me about this hummus. I'm actually not as offended as I thought I was going to be. <laughs> What's your what's your feeling on it? It's kind of tahini. I'm really getting the tahini, which I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I like a like a, a nice like nutty kick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is good hummus, and I feel um, turned off by the number of preservatives in here. Mm-hmm. Um, Sexually, yeah, is what I meant, and um, and it's not organic. I don't like the sweetness. Yeah, I mean, it's not good. It's not good. I've. I'm gonna dip 
a cassava chip in the hummus that I made. Mm. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Okay. I would eat more of that Trader Joe's hummus. Just because I'm not super offended. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it. I might bring it to the show. Mm. With this bag of chips. Cool. And share it with more people. The beet... Okay, wait. No, go ahead. Go on. Beet hummus... I mean, no offense, like, your hummus is good, but too garlicky, but the beet hummus is kind of the best one. So but it's not hummus, it's dip. If we're ranking our dips today, we have beet hummus, number one. I'm going to say my hummus is in the second standing. Yeah. Then I'm going to say the plant-based snack vegan goat cheese beet chip, to me, is third. Yeah. And Trader Joe's hummus is fourth. But I think Trader Joe's hummus ranks above beet chip in your opinion. Definitely. I really don't like those chips. I think they're disgusting. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, including producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $10, $5 million, that is your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet like the insect, leg like its appendage at gmail. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared, that's Ponyo's voice. There's one last thing. There's a dessert course. Yeah. Katie, you're about to try the podcast's flagship treat, the prune dipped in tahini. This is a Trader Joe's tahini. Pretty simple. But that's fine, though, because one ingredient, like, you know, or maybe, like, yeah, let's see. One ingredient. Organic, groundhold organic sesame seeds. Mm -hmm. The thing is that when they fuck up is when there's more than one ingredient. Yeah. Then they go crazy. (laughs) Then something goes wrong with that second ingredient. Okay, so you're doing a dip. I'm dipping a prune. I wish there was even more tahini on it, dip, I gotta say. Dip into rip. Oh, yeah, dip into rip. <laughs> dip into rip it. <laughs> okay. You are the first. As Katie's chewing this, I'm going to tell you, Katie's the first person I know who tried to rebrand prunes. No. Which at the time, I was like, that's gross. That wasn't me. Well, it was your friend group. Yeah. I was like, that's gross and funny, but I would never eat a prune. And then, mm. look at me now. This is by far the best thing on the table. Really? Yeah. Can you talk about it? It's just got that nutty blast with that sweet, sticky, fruity, sticky stuff. (laughs) So we have a nutty blast of tahini. Mm. It's really good. This is a treat. Like if I get home and I need a snack... And I'm, I don't have any popcorn. I don't have any snackables. This is a snack I can have like four or five prunes dipped in tahini, and it sticks to the ribs. I'm just going back in. Great. It's Un- unprompted. Oh. <laughs> Dropped it in. Dropped down. Dropped the prune in. <laughs> it dipped too aggressively. <laughs> what would Delicious. you recommend? Would you I Bad. see. To me, this, this is a private snack that I enjoy alone. I would eat this in a restaurant. <laughs> I would order this. You're like a ten ten dollar platter. <laughs> I wouldn't even order an entree. Just roll in, do a ten dollar platter of prunes and tahini. Roll out. With like maybe a long fork, mm. like a nice long mm. fork, so that you're dipping it almost mm. like um, yeah fondue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like a tahini fountain. <laughs> I like this. It's really good. I'm glad that I feel like I've starved you enough that you could really 
He ate my favorite snack. Hold on. Going back in. He's going to have a full serving. I love this. (laughs) It's so good. $10 platter? I mean, I would. The regular. Probably wouldn't do more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't have to bring that into it. Just talk about the flavor of the prune. I'm imagining the waiter. Good flavor. I'm imagining the waiter saying, "Prunes for the table." <laughs> no, there would be some name. The, oh, sorry, dried plum. Yeah. Would you like the dried plum platter for the where table? Are, where are prunes from? So this is um, international prunes. Well, so where do plums grow naturally? Oregon, anywhere. So it's weird to me. Uh, okay. Oh, it's weird to me to think about eating five plums in a sitting. Yeah. Thinking about each prune as its own plum, but right. But here we are. Yeah, and I would do more. I mean, you could. You could. Uh, dry. What would you call this? Dried plum with tahini fountain. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to picture presentations for the way <laughs> that they could serve this at a restaurant. So I would picture more like plate of prunes. But, like, with, like, a tahini drizzle. And right. then, like, what, like, a? I guess you use a fork. Dried plum with tahini drizzle? I'm just going to say prune. You're going to say prune? Yeah. Just embrace it. Say prune. I want you to know that I've looked into the rebranding of prunes by checking out the Prune Council's Twitter account. Mm-hmm. And they <laughs> they were running a hashtag campaign. That didn't catch on with young people, but I think they were trying. It was hashtag prunes for bones. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> there's a lot of calcium in prunes. Yeah, but that's... Who's going to fucking hashtag that? Who's going to pick no that one. hashtag? Who's going to be searching that hashtag? What else do they have to say about it? I do want to say today I tried to start a hashtag. My friend Gabby Schultz, who's been on the show, is a cartoonist, and he did a drawing of Beavis from Beavis and Butthead saying mm-hmm. something that really skewered capitalism. And mm-hmm. then I was trying to start the hashtag woke Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, that's a hashtag. I would use that. You would look that up. You'd be like, what else does Beavis have to say? Oh, that's sweet. But that's a whole Twitter account. Woke, woke Beavis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can't you picture like the the avatar? Yeah. Well, he drew Beavis as Cornholio mm. um, after John McCain died asking how many Vietnamese people John McCain killed before he was captured. Oh, yeah. And I was like, damn, woke Beavis has got, got claws. Mm. Um, what's the other thing? By I'm- the way, I'm just still eating prunes and tahini. <laughs> Not part of the tasting, just... No. Katie, didn't do you- have lunch, just eating that. Do you want to tell us about anything else? Do you want to tell us about your new record or anything else? I'm playing a show in Los Angeles in about two hours. I don't know if this will go up in time. Okay. So y'all are going to miss that. I put out an album at the end of May called Skull's Example. What about any, what else? How can people find you? I'm on the internet. Just Google Dear Nora. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on a special project that I can't give the details of right this moment that has to do with the album Skull's Example. All right. Do you have anything else to say? It's been a pleasure. I'm probably going to be eating more hummus and tahini and prunes after Nicole turns off her recording device. So thank you all. I hope you have a a great day. I hope you stay safe out there. 
And uh, if you're feeling down, go for a walk. And if you're feeling hungry, dip a prune into some tahini. Thank you, Katie. Bless you all. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.